0: Welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave, where we chat with amazing women within the worlds of sports, fitness, wellness, and business who aren't afraid to keep it real. Every week, we talk careers, relationships, and most importantly, the practice of self-care. Uncensored and unapologetic, you'll walk away from every episode real life takeaways, and advice. No BS or what. I'm your host, Crystal Rose, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Rebel Babe Cave. I'm Crystal Rose. I'm so glad you're here with me this week. So I got to do a pretty cool interview this month for Valentine's Day. On the subject of self-love with one of my favorite local boss babes, Jenny from Roses and Azalea. You guys have probably heard me talk about this brand before, so this was pretty fun to do. I talked a lot about body image because I think that's a big sticking point and where most of us struggle with the whole self-love thing. I think women focus on how they look because it's the easiest thing to focus on. And we know that it's ultimately kind of in our control. We're constantly shown images that are impossible to live up to, and it's hard not to compare and feel less than. We're criticized and judged constantly for being too fat, too skinny, too muscular, too something. We have wounds from childhood and past relationships that we're not sure how to fix, so we tell ourselves that our happiness with ourselves will begin when we get there. With our bodies. Only that once when we get to the weight we want or the look that we thought we wanted, we have this new list of things we want to change about ourselves, a new goal weight, and then the cycle just never ends. I can't tell you how many women with seemingly perfect bodies endlessly pick themselves apart. Only for the women who feel like they're not that perfect or fit, they feel less than that person. They feel even worse. Because if she doesn't like her body, well, then how can I? People tell us to love yourself first, but they don't tell us how. And the thing about self-love is that it's different for everyone. Self-love is just that energy and effort you give freely to others, only you direct it at yourself. You don't tell your spouse or their kids, sorry, I don't have time to love you. You just love them. And sometimes it's inconvenient, but you still do things for them because you love them. Self-love is not a bubble bath or a mani-pedi, although those can be great self-care tools, but it's showing up for yourself. It's healing your past wounds, being committed to self-awareness and growth. Sometimes it's admitting you're wrong rather than being defensive. Sometimes it's asking for help. Sometimes it's taking five minutes to scream your head off or to sit in silence in your car. Sometimes it's spending more time with others, and sometimes it's spending more time alone. It's giving yourself grace and kindness when you mess up because you will. We all do. It's realizing there are seasons of life and burners to rotate and being okay with not being 100% perfect. It's asking yourself what you need right now in this moment and then giving it. Ladies, we have got to start getting okay with the idea that we can put ourselves first, not just repost quotes about it. Speaking of self-love, one of the ways to show that is to invest in yourself. And I personally am doing that by attending Pays to Be Brave this summer in Chicago. Yes, I'm going to keep talking about this event because I am so excited. You guys, Chicago is one of my favorite cities, especially in the summertime. From the roof at the Witt Hotel to Mealy's for brunch, the Nutella Cafe, and taking a sunset cruise on the lake. I just, it's seriously one of my favorite US destinations. So, of course, I'm going to listen to Angie Lee help me level up my biz, soak in some girl empowerment time, and dance my ass off in the silent disco while I'm there. (laughs) Like, I'm so ready. If you guys want to join me this summer at pace to Be Brave in Chicago, scoot your booty over to AngieLee.com slash PTBB2020. Click on the button that says buy tickets to Chicago. Type in my code CHRY50 at checkout. It's going to save you 50 bucks on your ticket. I mean, does it get any better than that? DM me and tell me that you're coming and I'll make sure that we get to eat Nutella ice cream and get plenty of pictures together. So our guest today is a local where I live, and I am so glad I stumbled upon her. Davita Parks is a wellness manager by trade and an educator at heart. Her passion for scouting and developing new talent has positioned her as a go-to launch manager for some of the wellness industry's leading corporations. She currently serves as the assistant studio manager of group fitness at Lifetime Athletic Charlotte, where she also teaches 10 plus classes a week and oversees the indoor cycle program. When she isn't working, Davida is partnering with fitness brands such as Carbon 38, Lorna Jane, and Lifetime Apparel, running her consulting business, and serving as a member of the Regional Leadership Council for the American Lung Association. Her mission is to empower people through movement. Davida, welcome to the Rebel Babe Cave. Good morning. I am so pumped that you're here. I cannot wait to dive into some stuff. We already talked a little bit, and I'm like, no, wait, we got to (laughs) record. It's just too good. So to get us started, I like to do something we call GGB, which is goals, gratitude, and badassery. So I want you to tell me, and this can be like multiple things. It can be one thing. It could be for the year. It could be for right now, whatever comes to you. So something you're grateful for, what your goal is first, and then what you're grateful for. And then badassery is like something you've done recently that you're proud of, or you think is pretty badass.
1: Okay, goal. Wow, I have a lot of those. (laughs) It's like where do I begin? You know, I think right now, just my overarching goal, my number one goal, is just to develop the next wave of rock star, you know, group fitness instructors and trainers. I've been in this business for sixteen years, and like we were talking earlier, I started. This was kind of like a jab at my parents. I wanted to go to. Mexico for spring break in college and they were not having it. They were not paying for it. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do it myself. And here I am 16 years later and it's a full fledged career. And so, I mean, my thing now is like, I know I'm not going to you know, be doing this forever. I hope to do it as long as I can, as long as my body will allow me to. But I also understand that there are new instructors and a new wave of of trainers and fitness professionals that are coming in behind me. So my big, biggest goal right now is just to develop those guys and help them really understand that they can have a career, a full-time career in fitness, and it's not just a hobby or a side hustle or something that they just do for fun, but they really want to do this long-term and change lives and, and impact the people around them that they can do that. So that is my number one goal right now.
0: Big, good goal. <laughs> big,
1: good goal. Very big. <laughs>
0: love it. What about gratitude?
1: Gratitude. You know what? I'm really grateful right now to be surrounded by the people that I am surrounded by. And that includes family members, loved ones, team members. I've got some really amazing people in my life. And it wasn't always like that. And I had to learn the hard way a lot of times about how there are people that are in your life for a reason or a season or a lifetime. And there are some people that come into your life to teach you a lesson to have in my life are the ones that taught me a lesson. I don't hate them. I don't have any ill will towards them. I'm definitely grateful for them, but I definitely don't want them back in my life. So <laughs> they can stay where they are. <laughs> yeah, the, the biggest thing is just, is just being really grateful for where I am in my career and having the people around me to support where I am and where I want to go.
0: And what have you done recently that you're proud of or is pretty badass?
1: Oh, man. Doing this podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I think I've, I've really worked hard to just be kind of the go-to person for professionals and team development. So I, I think that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. It's just having the reputation and having such a high standard and such a high bar that people don't hesitate to say, hey, this is the person that you need to go to if you want to achieve this or if you want to do this.
0: I love that. I mean, yeah, being the go-to person for what you have dedicated your career to is amazing. So. Yeah. Pretty badass. I like it. So tell me a little bit. We were talking a little bit before about how there is a perception that fitness is just a hobby. Talk to me about that.
1: I will tell you, that is one of my biggest pet peeves. You know, listen, there are definitely people that do this part-time and it works for them and it works for their lifestyle and what they have going on. But there is a good chunk of us that want to do this full-time and that are doing this full-time and they have made a career out of it. There's this perception that fitness is all fun and games and it's just a hobby. And it's something you do as a side hustle when, you know, you lose your real job. And I'm just kinda like, whoa, this this is this <laughs> is a real job. Like The biggest misconception is that it's just a class or it's just a you know, workout session. It's just a, you know, whatever. And the reality is, is there's a business side to this industry, just like any other industry. We still have metrics, we have goals, we have KPIs, we have, you know, stuff that we have to hit and things and targets that we have to achieve in order to remain in business. And usually people don't realize that until the business goes out of business. And then they're like, oh, they weren't doing this. That's why they went out of business. And so, yeah, there's the whole business side to this that people don't realize exists. And especially in my area of fitness and group fitness, they're like, oh, let's just put a bunch of classes on the schedule and it's fine. It's okay. If they have five people in them or 50 people, it's okay. And especially with the organization that I work for, we really work hard to make sure that we are, we're a business inside of a business. Um, So within our one big club, we are like a mini business. So we're responsible for just as much of the revenue and as, you know, the sales department. So we have a big stake in making sure that members are happy, making sure that they're taken care of, making sure that they're not just getting a great workout and meeting their fitness goals, but that they're happy and healthy and want to continue coming every single day to support this business. So that's one of the biggest misconceptions. I've had people say to me in the past, like, oh, it's just a hobby. Go teach a few classes. You'll be fine. Like, And in the beginning, I think my parents were a little bit worried. My background is in marketing and promotion. So I was in the communications, you know, business side of marketing. I worked for big universities. I worked for marketing firms. And I'll be honest, most people think that those are stable jobs and careers. And those were the jobs that I was least stable in. (laughs) Like I said, I've been in this business for 16 years and I've had longevity for that long and have been able to sustain a career for 16 years versus being in and out of firms and back and forth with universities, just trying to keep a job. (laughs) So um, it's definitely real. It's
0: not a hobby. So yeah. Well, and you have two different sides of it. I feel like that you're doing, you have like the corporate stuff that you do, but then you also have the entrepreneurial Mm -hmm. side to it too. So like, tell me some of like the contrast between I mean, I feel like everyone has this whole dream. It's you know, it's this big thing like everyone wants to be an entrepreneur and everyone wants to be a business owner. Oh my uh, god. Which is like I'm like, wow, it's a nightmare, don't do it, you know? <laughs> don't do it. I'm with that movie, get out. I'm like, get
1: out, do oh, it the other way. You know what? It's I used to say it was happenstance and now that I fell into entrepreneurship, but I I'm thinking now like with my faith where it is and, and just really understanding where looking back and understanding where God has placed me, it wasn't happenstance. It was by chance. It was one of those things that was part of the grand scheme and the grand plan for my life. The biggest contrast is I kind of fell into this because I was working in corporate. And when I left the firm that I was at, I had clients that reached out to me and said, hey, we have another project that we would, you know, you did such a great job. We'd love for you to work with us on this. And I said, Oh gosh, I'm unfortunately, I'm not with the firm. I can recommend you to one of you know, my former associates or teammates. And they were like, well, what if you just do it, on your, do it on your own? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Like what, I don't know how to do that. Like what do you mean do it on my own? So I got a crash course in applying for a business license, becoming an LLC, getting insurance. I mean, all these things. And I was like, Holy crap, this is really happening. Like, so I had this one project And I remember calling my dad. I'm like, what do I do next? And he goes, I don't know. So I literally went to Barnes and Noble and got a business for dummies book. (laughs) And I still have it. It's just a reminder. I mean, I've had it for years now, but it's just a reminder of where I started. And I was like, I have no idea what the heck I'm doing. I don't know any of this. Like, The only thing I know how to do is just my job, which was like a 16th of what I needed to know in order to run a business or own a business. And I'm sure you know, like, I mean, there's so many things that like, school. And I don't care how many degrees you have. Like <laughs> there's just so many things that happens in entrepreneurship and life that like those classes just don't prepare you for. It's just kind of like you jump in and you say, okay, here we go. And so that's what happened. You know, the one benefit of being with a corporation is that you have a little bit of a safety net. Right. Yeah. If you fall <laughs> um, or if you don't hit your goals, don't hit your targets, you still get paid. So that doesn't work with entrepreneurship. Sometimes you are really, you have a lot of jobs and you have a lot of contracts that are flowing in and like Everything is great and it's going well. And then sometimes you are in those valley moments when it's like crickets and it's like desert and there's nothing happening and there's nothing going. You're like, oh God, what did I do wrong? Like what, what's happening? And you panic and you freak out and there isn't no a safety net. Your safety net is like non-existent. So <laughs> that's the, the biggest contrast. I would say with entrepreneurship, it's really you. And the one big lesson that I've learned is you don't have to run your business how other people run their business. That's been the biggest takeaway, I think, from especially the last, I don't know, maybe three years that I've really just come to understand is, you know, even early on in my business, I was trying to mimic what I was doing or what I had done in corporate. And it just didn't work for the people that were being placed in front of me and the the people that I was doing business with. So I had to change my perception of how I wanted to run a business, and I really had to get out of the habit of saying, "Oh, you know what? This is mine. I don't have to run it like they run it. I can run right. it how I want to with, you know, these standards and these things in place." And um, that's worked for me.
0: I love that. You know, I think a lot of the times when you're, especially a new business owner, you see people around you, especially with social media and all the glitter and the sparkles, and well, she's doing this and she does yeah, it. Like real. Yeah, yeah, and you do the comparison thing, and you start to stray from what makes you great, which is you being you and yeah. trying to mimic and copy. And then that just screws you, you know, gets you.
1: Yeah. point, It's like, like you said, Instagram is glitter and it's gold and it's unicorns and it's it's the highlight reel. There's so much underneath that surface that you don't get to see. You don't get to see the empty bank accounts and the sleepless nights and the tears and the bathroom floor moments where you're just like, Oh my god! Like, what am I doing? Like, you don't get to see any of that on the highlight reel, and nobody really talks about that, and nobody really shares the real struggle. And I'll be honest, I was that person too. I was like, Oh no! If I share that, people are going to think I don't have it together. They're never. I'm never going to get another job. I'm never going to get another contract. I'm never going to be hired. They're going to think she's a hot mess, and I don't want anything to do with that. And it's going to be so hands off. And so, and what I found really is that I've gotten more business, and I've had more people reach out to me because. I was honest about what I was going through. I was honest when I said, I just don't have the energy or I show up and I'm just like, you know what? I'm mentally drained. I'm running low on sleep, but I have people that depend on me. So for that reason, I'm going to show up and give it a hundred percent no matter what, but I feel like crap today.
0: <laughs> you know. And, had,
1: and I had those moments, like even showing up to teach class some days. I I shared something on my social media last year where I just was lacking inspiration. I was not motivated. I mean, just waking up, I was like, oh God, here we go. Okay, here we go. One more class. How many classes? Okay, two classes a day. I can get through that. It was like one of those get through it moments. Yeah. But I shared that and I just thought, man, like I'm really gonna screw myself over doing this. <laughs> like nobody's gonna to come to my good. class. Like people are gonna be Yeah, yeah I think people my- day- I'm not coming you're today. But
0: you're in yeah. the fitness world and people think that you're like gung ho on it. 24-7. Yeah. Like, I love fitness. I love doing this. I love yeah. waking up every day and do it. It's like, no, have hard days too. Yeah.
1: And 98% of the time I am that person, but that 2% is that 2% where I'm just like, I hate this. <laughs> it's just like, and I really don't. It's not that I hate it. It's just A lot of times what happens is my plate is too full or I haven't found the right balance between work and personal because I do love what I do so much Mm -hmm. that sometimes it's hard to find that balance and find that fine line of, okay, you're done working, turn it off, leave it at work. And because I'm accessible to, especially with social media, I'm accessible to members 24-7, essentially. Yeah. I have team members that are, you know, have access to me 24 hours a day. You know, they can text me, they can email me, they can call me. So I just had to, I got to a point where I had to create boundaries. And that's what I was missing at that time was just boundaries of saying, this is when I'm going to do this. This is when I'm going to do this. This is when I'm done. This is when I'm completely done. And once I established boundaries, I'm not going to say it's been a thousand percent better but it's been it's been much better I still it's, have a it's
0: hard to life. do yeah and you're yeah. I mean you're a one-woman show and you want to do well and you you know and you love working so you're like yeah whatever I'll email you back at 3 a.m. yeah
1: at literally 3 a.m. or it's like I wake up and it's like 5 a.m. Like, oh I have to send this back in
0: there yep you know. <laughs> people expect it Absolutely. they expect it. Yeah, they expect it from you and then you've taught them how to treat you. And I was
1: gonna say, and I've taught them to expect that from me. So I had to retrain myself first and then retrain them to say, hey, and I've gotten to where Sundays are completely work free. No work emails, no unless something blows up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, please call me, don't wait till Monday. But yes, yeah, Sundays are like my day of it's just family and friends and loved ones, and it's just a time for me to put my phone down and put it away and just be not look at life and not go through life through the lens of my phone. I love just it. Be present and be focused on the people and things that are right in front of me, and the things that I care about the most, which are those people that have supported this journey. And, you know, for some, for, for a while, have maybe taken a back seat. And now it's time for me to like put them back in the in the front seat with me and just say, hey, thank you for going on this journey with me. Thank you for being a, a part of this ride with me. I appreciate you. You know, I see you. I hear you. I'm engaged with you in this moment. I'm not you know, busy with other things or distracted, I'm, I'm here.
0: Do you do anything like specifically to do that? I know someone I actually just had a conversation with someone. She was saying that she deletes her Facebook app three times a day. Like that. <laughs> like, download, but, like that is just like, I literally download it, go on there, make a post and then delete it from my phone. So I don't have to like scroll like she okay. doesn't scroll.
1: You know what? I do know people that have done that, that go through the process of deleting their app. I don't do that. I think what works for me is just being disciplined enough to say no. Right. That's the simplest thing for me is just, and there was a hard, like a little bit of a transition period too, especially with work emails and texts. Like the emails, I just turn off the notifications. So that's easy. I don't do that, but I just turn the notifications off. So I'll wake up on Monday and have like a slew of emails, but that, it's totally fine. But as far as like work texts, it's really gotten better. Better because people know that unless it's a dire emergency, and then I also had to define what emergency was. Right. Emergency is not I need this in five seconds because I'm behind on my schedule. <laughs> <It's not laughs> my <problem. laughs> but yeah, I had to really just sit down and define like what an emergency was, and I just I communicated that to the people around me and just said, "Hey, moving forward, this is going to be the new schedule. This is going to be you know my new standard because I think because I was honest about it, and I was just." upfront and said, Hey, I'm struggling to find balance. I'm struggling to make the people that are in my life feel important right now. And that's valuable to me and that's important to me. So because of that, these are the changes that are going to be made. And once I did that, once I was just really open and honest about that, people really do understand.
0: Right. When you phrase it like that and you make it about you, as opposed to be like, you need to stop messaging me yeah. at, at night, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, you get like defensively. Well, I need your...
1: Right. I'm paying you.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> Then, yeah. So when you make it about you and say, hey, look, I need this. People are generally more receptive for sure to it. I like how you were saying that, you know, a lot of people don't really show the hard stuff. I was just talking about this the other day on my story like, where are the people who are struggling now? Not, oh, I used to struggle with blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, talk about it now. Cause there are people like me who I'm yeah. like, you know, I'm drowning at different points and I'm, I just need to know I'm okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've definitely had those moments when I'm like, dude, I need a lifesaver. I need somebody to jump in and not necessarily save me, but just tell me to keep going. Yeah. You know, just tell me to keep swimming. Just tell me to keep my head above water because, I mean, even just the last two years where I was in a bad business partnership that did not end well and I took a two-year hiatus. I And, you know, because of that, I had work contracts and things that I said no to because I just was in a place where I'm just like, I just need to refocus. I need to figure out like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Is this a sign that maybe, you know, I'm done consulting, I'm done being a a business owner, an entrepreneur, am I, you know, like what, what's happening? And I also needed to just figure out how do I heal from this? You know, this was someone that I considered a friend and a a mentor in a lot of ways. And, um, that was the hardest part the business relationship you know, things in business happen like that all the time. And that wasn't the tough part. The tough part was, man, I've known this person for like four years now. And we've had our ups and flows and we've gone through those things. And now this is how it ends. And it was tough for me in that regard. And, you know, I did take a a big financial loss, which was another dagger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's like those two things combined just made it really, really tough for me to want to step out there and for me to want to be present. Um, and for me to want to enter into another uh, partnership or another agreement. So I took two years off. And because of that, I turned down a lot of things. So I was at a point where things were flowing and they were coming in. And then all of a sudden I just hit the brakes and just came to a screeching halt. And I had a rough two years. The year one was just like, I just want to bury my head in the sand. And I just want to like, you know, tell me to pick my head up when it's over. So the first year after that was kind of like, Let me pick up the pieces and figure out if they go back together. And if they do, how do they go back together? And then year two was, okay, now that we've got all this together, let's rebuild and let's, let's create a new foundation. But this time let's make it stronger and let's take what we've learned in this first year and apply it and do things differently. So I
0: like going through that two year period, was that intentional or was it kind of just like happening and you were going with the flow? It was intentional. Okay, yeah, that's good. That's really yeah. like it was
1: intentional. And at the same time, I was also going through a horrible breakup. So it was like those two things, mm. business and personal, were just kind of like falling apart at the same time. So, I mean, you want to talk about being real and being like, <laughs> here's the nitty gritty, like here's right. what and I'm, I'm showing up and I'm smiling, but behind the smile and behind the microphone on stage, I am just like, God, get me through this next 50 minutes. So I can go home and get away from people because it was a struggle for me to be member facing and be team member facing um, and to be around, you know, family and friends who didn't really know what was going on. And there's a lot of things that I couldn't talk about, especially with the business side of it, just because we were, you know, trying to figure some things out legally. And it was hard because I felt like I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't know at that time I didn't have anybody around me that really understood what I was going through. They didn't understand... I didn't have any entrepreneurs that I really spent time with and like poured into and had them pour back into me. So it was difficult when you don't have anyone around you that really understands how much you've sacrificed and worked to be this business owner and to be this entrepreneur and then to have one failed partnership or one failed relationship threaten all that and jeopardize all of that. So I was like, I mean, literally just barely keep my head above water. And I did take two years and I just said enough. I was like, I need a break. I need to take a breath. I need to refocus and figure some things out and decided this is where if I want to continue with this. And so I did that. I think year two was a little more, let's go with the flow and see what happens. I still honestly wasn't ready to jump out out there and say, Hey, let's go. Let's go do this again. Let's let's hit the ground running. I was just kind of like, all right, well, I took one step, that works. Let me take another one, let me see if that works. And then I just kind of slowly gain my momentum back.
0: I think that's great, though. I think, you know, there are two extremes that could really happen there. It could be like a, I give up, but I'm not doing this mm-hmm. anymore, or a, let's work myself into a hole and not deal with what's actually going on, yeah. um, which, you know, I think for a lot of women, it could really go either way. And I think that's amazing that you were able to be like, well, pause.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a scary thing. Like, I mean, you know, this, it's like, it's scary when you're, you have these really busy seasons and then you have these really slow seasons. And for me to purposely take, and again, it wasn't, I didn't say I'm going to take two years off. It just happened to be that two years was the time frame. And towards the second half of last year, I just said, you know what, I'm ready to get back out there because I had more and more people that were coming around that there's a need. And I know it's a need that I can meet. And I'm tired of sending that to someone else. When, and I'm like, it's not a coincidence that I'm being, you know, told about these, or they're coming around me. So I was like, let Come me to just, you. <laughs> yeah, it's coming to me. So, and I'm like, I can't keep handing this off and, you know, keep pushing this off on other people. So I just kind of slowly got back on there, started kind of testing it out a little bit, and a lot of it was fear-based. A lot of it was just like, if I do this again, is this going to happen again? Mm-hmm. And I you know, I talked to my my mentor and and she said to me, there's always going to be fear. You're always going to be afraid of something right now. This is your something. She said five years from now, it'll be something else. So not wrong. (laughs) Always something, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) One of the things you said that I loved was about how you got that business for dummies book. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. (laughs) So great though, because I I get a lot of women who are like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start. But then they're not willing to just like start messy and to have that rough first draft and just like, you know, stumble through it and do things wrong. So I love that you were like, I'm getting a book.
1: (laughs) I almost got it as a joke. I was just like, what's like a I already have a master's. I'm like, I'm not going back to school. So what's the next best thing? I'm like, I don't have another two or four years to like <laughs> go back to school. Like, how do I figure this out? And, you know, my dad and I were like, okay, let's go to Barnes & Noble. So we went to Barnes & Noble. I said, I'm just going to get one of those like, did you know those like black and yellow books that are like whatever for dummies? And I was like, I'm just going to find one of those for business. And he goes, okay, to me and I said, no, seriously. And so I went and honestly didn't even know that they, that book existed. I was just like... <laughs> on a whim. And when I found it, I was like, you know what? It's here. That's a sign that I need to buy it. So let's go. <laughs> like I said, I still have it to this day. It's just a reminder of, of where I started and where I am. It's very whimsical. It's a very funny read now in hindsight, but at the time I was like soaking it all, and I was like highlighting and taking notes and <laughs> I just look, I think back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, like I would not have hired me back then. But like, <laughs> I just, I'm like, God, who are these people that were like trusting me with their business back then? Because I just—I don't know. But gosh, thank God, those rough days are like, "Ooh, this is messy." And I also think to him, like, "Thank God, Instagram and, and Facebook weren't Thanks. then what they are now." <laughs> I don't know if I'd be in business, right. but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely been a journey, and it's been a, a roller coaster. I've been up and down in loops and. The moments where you're like super excited, the moments where you thought you were going to puke all over the place. And it's just, it's been, but it's been incredible. It's been incredible. I would not trade, even the worst moments, I wouldn't trade them because I learned so much just not about the business, but about myself and about, and about my tenacity and how bad I really wanted it. And it was, that to me was a true testament of like my willpower and my faith. It's like, do I have enough, maybe that person doesn't believe in me, but do I have enough faith in myself to continue doing this and proving them wrong?
0: I love that. One of the questions I asked myself recently was, am I really bad at this? Or is it just really hard to be good at it? Mm. Because I think a lot of times you get into these periods of like self-loathing yeah. <laughs> as a business owner, yeah. and it can spiral to be like, I suck at this. Or, you know, I'm, I still can't get it. I'm not getting the hang of it. Or, or I'm, you know, just kind of crawling along. And And it was almost like it hit me, am I really a loser or am I really that bad at this? Or is it just like really hard to be good at it? And maybe I just need to keep going.
1: Yeah. And sometimes I think it's because of that highlight reel and because we are in the, we're just in a a constant state of comparison. Mm. It is easy to fall into that trap and think, man, but they're doing it so well. And they're doing it so differently. Why doesn't mine look like that? Why doesn't mine, you know, I've got the same tools and the same resources, but house doesn't look like their house. Um, I mean, you, we are, we're just in this constant state of comparison and what if, you know, and it's just, we're always questioning whether we're smart enough or good enough or have enough money or don't have enough money or have enough, the right connections or don't have the right connections. And it's tough. It's tough. You know, and I wish I had the answer for that. I mean, I, I find myself doing that too. I find myself in that state of comparison too. And I also have to have to remind myself to snap out of it and just, Be confident in the gifts and the talents that God has given me. You know, really just making sure that I'm always prayerful and mindful of what's in front of me, and not comparing my journey to somebody else's.
0: Which is, I mean, it's it's really hard to do. I try to put myself out there a lot. Like even just today, I was like, "See this roll of paper towels? I stole it from my house, and I'm bringing (laughs) it to work (laughs) because we need towels at work. Yeah, Yeah. not spending the company money on a roll of paper towels if I don't have to.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but I think it's you know people see they see those things and, and I like I said I'm constantly trying to be like oh how is your room so clean and you take these these mirror selfies and I said like look I cleaned out a section of my my bedroom I set it up and I decorated it so when I take clothing pictures at home it looks pretty I don't have a clean house <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I wish I did
1: oh my gosh and I, you know, it's funny, I, somebody was telling me yesterday, we have a new instructor coming on board and, and she said, Oh my God, I can't believe Like, how do you remember to do all this? And I said, girl, well, you don't realize this. I messed up. Like I've loved my words like three times. He goes, really? I didn't even notice. And I'm like, I did. Yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it's one of those things. I, I think like I told her, it's this, if you mess up, just keep going. Just pretend like it didn't happen and keep going. Because nine times out of 10, you're the only one that's going to notice it.
0: Right. And it's, you know, it becomes a bigger thing when you dwell on it.
1: Right. And when you point it out. Yeah. Point it out. Yeah.
0: Then I'm if like, you don't just, point it out. You what? I screwed up. <laughs> Keep going. Like, don't yeah. point it out.
1: Don't make, don't bring attention to it. Just, you know, and I think there's a difference between not pointing out the small things and there's a difference between that and just. Lying. For help. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> I'm like lying, obviously I'm like, you're all like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> but yeah, I think there's a difference between like, Oh, I made a hiccup. There's a hiccup and I just kind of flood this versus. You know, yeah, I just didn't do it.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. So we like to close things out on a quote. So is there a quote that either you live by or has been speaking to you lately that you can share with us? Oh, wow. Well,
1: the one thing that I always leave my members with is: you have to fight for that second wind. And it's very much fitness related, but I think in life too, sometimes you lose your breath and you lose your balance and you lose your footing. And it's not so much about how many times you get knocked down. It's about how many times you're willing to get up. We can all get up, but sometimes we don't want to. And I said that earlier, I had moments when I was just like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to fight. I don't want to continue going on. I really just want to lay here and be a little self-loathing right now and just you know kind of wallow in this. But it's also knowing that no matter what you're going through, there are always people that are depending on you, whether it's your family or your loved ones or your clients or your team members or your colleagues. There's always someone that is looking to you that may think she has really got us together like, man, I can't even believe this. And you're sitting in here and you're just like self-doubting yourself and you're like, I can't believe this happened. I'm not good at this. I'm not, you know, you're in this state of like negativity. Meanwhile, there are people out there that are just like, man, I wish I could be where she is. Right. So I tell my classes, you know, yes, there's moments when you hit that zone for you hit that threshold effort and you're just like gasping for air and you're just like, I hate to be discussed right now. I'm going to punch her in her throat when we leave class. And I'm just like, get that second win, find that second win, because we are so close to the end and there's so much more behind you than what's left in front of you. And if you, at the end of that class, can stop and take a moment and just look back and say, man, I, I started at minute one and now I'm at minute 60. I can do this right? I can do this, but you've got to work for it. You've got to fight it. You've got to want it. And if you don't want it,
0: you're not going to have it. I love that. Fight for your second win.
1: Fight for your second win.
0: Where can our listeners find you?
1: Online. I'm
0: on Instagram
1: at my handle is just at Debita J. Parks. Super simple. You'll see my face. I'm kind of like crouched down a little badass pose. (laughs) Thank my photographer for that one because he totally captured it just like on a whim. Um, And I guess it's real time. I'm at Lifetime Fitness out in uh, Waverly. So off of Golf Links Drive, South Charlotte. And I'll also be at Ebb and Flow, just private one-on-one sessions.
0: Awesome. So if you're local, you can definitely check her out. I love it. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. This is awesome.
0: Being here today, I feel (laughs) like you have said so many things that I needed to hear that I think a lot of uh, my audience needed to hear. So thank you so much for taking the time out today for us. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a blast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rebel Babe Kate. If you enjoyed it, don't forget to subscribe and we'd love it if you left a review. See you next week.